It is Facts of Faith. Have the facts and not just the faith. Good morning. Welcome. You're listening to Facts of Faith. I am Naye Lupondwana. We are together until 11 o'clock. It's 5 after 10. Today we're talking gender-based violence. No, we're not. We're talking about the position that religion has taken on forgiveness, which some suggest may be contributing to gender-based violence. Let's give you an example. If we are, as members of community, faith communities, are going to encourage people to forgive those who offend them, who hurt them, who do wrong against them or to them, are we not encouraging wives who are being battered by their husbands or husbands who are being battered by their wives to stay in that marriage, abusive as it is, purely because our scriptures suggest that we must forgive? Is it possible that scripture, as it suggests we must forgive, may have been referring to a situation where all things are equal, meaning everyone is abiding by the scriptures and all sins and offenses are not done intentionally or negligently. They are done genuinely mistakenly where a mistake should be forgiven. But in a, in a situation where there is going to be repeat offenses, repeat abusive conduct, really, should we really be forgiving in that context? What role should religion play in ending gender-based violence? Is it possible that perhaps religion needs to revise its stance in forgiveness so that we can do and say and teach all that needs to be taught to those who are being abused at home and not be stopped by our faith? Our faith says I must forgive and therefore I need to forgive this person who consistently, repeatedly beats me to a pulp. Every time he or she gets drunk, every time he or she gets angry, every time he or she can't perform, every time he or she cannot do what he feels he should be doing, so he takes out his or her anger on me. Should I really forgive that? What exactly does religion teach in this regard? So our question for today is religion. Is the stance that religion, that they take on forgiveness, doing more harm than good where gender-based violence is concerned. Is religion's stance on forgiveness doing more harm than good where gender-based violence is concerned? I do urge you to start dialing your calls right now. 0891-104207. 0891-104207. And the text message line is 40938. 40938. There you can be able to find us on um, Twitter. You can find us at SAFM Radio at SAFM Radio or hashtag Facts of Faith. That's how you can find us on Facebook, Naya Lupondona Live. Naya Lupondona Live. Is religion stance on forgiveness doing more harm than good where gender-based violence is concerned? Facts of Faith begins right now. You're listening to Facts of Faith on SAFM. 
The views and ideas expressed in this program are views expressly of the people sharing them and not of the anchor or of that of this broadcaster. All persons, juristic or natural, are to be held responsible for their own representations offered on this program by their agents and not this corporation. Any and all consumption of our conversational substance is entirely at your own discretion. Please be advised that this program airs subject matter that has the potential to destabilize and challenge your intellectual equilibrium. If you are excitable, profound caution when consuming our subject matter is advised. Participation in this program is a voluntary enterprise and as such is expected to be considered and deliberated on. Kindly note that, just as the anchor is, all participants, guests and callers are encouraged to engage in this our freedom of expression and any of our civil liberties responsibly. Facts of Faith begins right now. Let me introduce you to our guests All right, our guest for today, we do have uh, Tahira Mathi, member of the Baha'i Faith. Good morning to Tahira Mathi, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. It's such a privilege to be with you on the program. Also, we do have Apostle Julius Malloy, President of the Christian Ministers of Southern Africa. Good morning to you, Apostle Malloy, and thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Uh, good morning, Maya, and good morning to the listeners. Also, we do have in the studio, and we're ever so grateful to you for coming through to the studio, Najma Kota, a broadcast journalist, radio and TV presenter, who is also a therapist and trauma counselor. She's speaking to us on behalf of, from the perspective of the Muslim faith. Good morning to you, Najma Kota. Thank you very much for agreeing to talk to us. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Again, our lines are open if you would like to join the conversation. Our time ends at exactly 11 o'clock, so start dialing right now. 0891-104207 What role should religion play in ending gender-based violence? We're asking this because it sounds as though when you listen to many sermons and teachings and conversations around faith, when people are offended, faith tends to say, you must forgive. Then the question is, if I must forgive, I should I forgive even those that are repeat offenders consistently, especially in the home environment. Naye Lupondwana on Facts of Faith. We're going to be begin our conversation with Najma right here in the studio. From the Muslim perspective, what does Islam teach around forgiveness, for example? Let's begin with forgiveness and then we'll talk about abuse and so forth. What does Islam teach about forgiveness? Well, when we look at um, the attributes of the Almighty, we start off by saying, in the name of Allah, the most gracious, the most merciful. So we, when we focus on mercy, it's equal to forgiveness. And if we are living in um, striving to live through the attributes of God, and if those are the ones that we follow, then the primary um, uh, you know, principle of applying forgiveness would be because God is all forgiving. So that's in a broader perspective. But when we talk about it in the context of your topic today, I'll elaborate on it. I want us to get right, right to it. Does Islam have a general teaching on forgiveness? I understand that this is one of the characteristics and attributes of the Almighty. But do we have teachings as perhaps a surah that focuses exclusively on forgiveness and what and how it's supposed to be applied in our everyday lives. Absolutely. I cannot quote a direct uh, surah, uh, not surah, a verse from the Quran. However, it is mentioned over and over that forgiveness is better for you and better for the person that you are forgiving. 
Okay, so you don't know where in the Quran it it's, says it's that. It's in many places. I cannot quote because, as you know, I'm not um, okay. qualified to do All right, that. all right. Um, so w- we have now families which find themselves in turmoil and they are disturbed by certain situations which lead to gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. And I say gender-based violence not only on one side where the woman is abused by the man. But where there's a man abused by the woman also. Yes. And this abuse is happening because of the person's gender. Mm-hmm. Now, generally, people tend to say this term gender-based violence tends to refer to men Ma- abusing women. women. But I'd like mm-hmm. us to stretch it broader than just men abusing women, but women abusing men also, or anyone who is going to be abused because they are weaker in that environment. So mm-hmm. what does the Quran teach as far as that is concerned? Well, it is completely condemned and uh, should not even be part of society. So my question then would be, does forgiveness mean accepting it? Accepting what, does, what does forgiveness mean? Well, in a, in a broader context, again, if we talk about forgiveness and ex- uh, if I say if if the person accepts it as part of what they need to endure, if you like, right? And then does that also mean that we're condoning the behavior in terms of uh, forgiveness? So are we talking about redeeming the perpetrator or the victim? So redemption means, again, we're going towards forgiveness. So then, if I may, I'd like to just add to that, that such excesses and violations are to be blamed on the person persons himself or herself as it shows that he is paying lip service to the Islamic teachings and injunctions and is failing to follow the true example of the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him. So it's it to answer it in a nutshell, it is not um, acceptable firstly and uh, forgiveness has a a path to take. So okay. you're working towards something. So what exactly do you mean by that, Natrim? Are you suggesting that when I beat you over mm. and over, and then I say, I'm sorry, my baby, I, I did not mean it, and then I do it again tomorrow, and then I apologize again, and then I do it again the following day and the following week, and consistently I do this and apologize, and I generally give you flowers, and I take you off for dinner after you've put makeup to cover up the bruises and all that. Does the Quran suggest that we should stay? Uh, does Islam mean that we... By forgiving or staying in that kind of an environment where you are consistently suffering abuse from your husband or the husband from the wife? No, it doesn't. One has to exercise one's rights within that role that you play. What rights are those? Okay. We have well, the, the right to exercise the, uh, your, your right as in not accepting oppression or injustice or any form of abuse. Is that the abuse. teaching of Islam? That is the teachings of Islam. So if I may um, add to that, you see, when you, if we look at a typical scenario and we've got uh, a victim accepting the abuse over and over after being, again, asked to apologizing, right? So apologize, forgive, apologize, forgive, and the cycle just continues. Now, this is because the perpetrator transfers the guilt. And if the victim doesn't understand their role in terms of their place in that relationship, then um, would resort to forgiveness because then there's this religious connotation in it, which we're talking about today, where if you accept this kind of uh, treatment, you may be, you know, the more you sacrifice, the more you suffer, you'll earn God's favor or you'll get heaven from it. That is totally 
uh, against the teachings of Islam. It's not that you have to tolerate any sort of pain, emotional, okay. psychological, physical pain. So um, forgiveness then, if you're talking about, sh shall I forgive? It only, I think it starts with the perpetrator for him to actually, st or her, forgive him or herself first. So there's a lot of introspection that goes into it. But where do we get these rights there, Najma? These uh, rights that you're saying one needs to exercise when they're consistent consistently suffering abuse because the Quran seems not to be giving those rights or does it? Absolutely. When making, uh, sorry, when dealing with the Islamic perspective of any topic, there should be a clear distinction between the normative teachings of Islam and the diverse cultural practices among Muslims which may or may not be consistent. So in other words, what we're saying is it's it doesn't belong at all in any of the according uh, to what text texts. do do we do we have texts that support that thought because I am suspecting that we're talking now about the traditions of Islam which are not necessarily uh, what the Prophet Muhammad teaches both in text and his own conduct. Mm -hmm. So aren't we then saying, in in terms of my answer that I gave you earlier, that it's more culturally ah. uh, becomes more of a norm culturally and belongs nowhere in the revelatory text okay. which is that of the Quran and the Hadith which is the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad. To hear it, I want you to, to, to join in here. Uh, from the perspective yes. of the Baha'i faith, what, what, what do you teach as far as forgiveness is concerned? What is forgiveness or do you even teach forgiveness in the Baha'i faith? Well, um, from the Baha'i writings, one would go to the pure source, which is the revelation of Baha'u'llah. And in the time that Baha'u'llah revealed writings, he gave guidance on various aspects of our lives, of which forgiveness is one aspect. And he has revealed many prayers for forgiveness. And I'd maybe like to just point out that in, in light of today's discussion in terms of the abuse and the scale of abuse in society, and particularly um, if we see it in the light of male upon female um, abuse in, in society and in intimate partnership relationships, I think it's important to first understand even before looking at forgiveness, what is it that Baha'u'llah is saying about relationship? What is it that he is saying about the most basic unit in society, which is our family? All right, I want you to hold that thought right there, Tahira. When I come back, when you come back, I'm going to ask you to read from your writings what exactly Baha'u'llah says about this so that we can move with you from the text and then uh, we'll get into the meat of it all. When we come back from the break. Naye Lupondwana on Facts of Faith. Do we have writings that teach us on what should be done, at least from the perspective of the Baha'i faith? And you suggested that Baha'u'llah teaches on this. Can you read from it, Tahira? Well, I'm going to read to you from Lights of Guidance, from quotation 740, in which the heading is violence in the home. And... In this particular segment, it says, acts of violence 
might properly be regarded as a negation of the persistent emphasis on concord, understanding, and unity which are at the heart of the Baha'i teachings. And the sacred writings are replete with advice as to how these positive objectives might be attained. So, in light of your question around forgiveness, it is not in any way in the Baha'i faith supported. No spiritual assembly, which is the governing body in a Baha'i community, no spiritual assembly is going to allow a perpetrator, whether male or female, to carry out any form of abuse to their, to their partner. In fact, the holy book in the writings actually says that we can, as women, for example, ask for a year of, of patience. A year of patience is a period in which the perpetrator has to get his or her act together so that this family can function as a wholesome, healthy family where the rights of each member of the family is upheld and where consultation and dialogue and respect is all part of the remedial process. So it's not that any partner in a relationship is locked into an abusive or violent um, structure. And, and so forgiveness, really, my understanding in Baha'u'llah, really the prayers on forgiveness, it is that you are repenting and you truly want to align yourself to the objective of living in unity with your partner and contributing to a better society. So the forgiveness is really on the part of the person who has done the wrongful mm-hmm. acts to clear up themselves spiritually with God. It's a deeply personal thing, but it's also something that in the Baha'i writings it says, um, if, and I'm reading again from Lights of Guidance, if the broad structure of society is to remain intact, Resolute efforts, including medical ones as necessary, should be made to curb acts of aggression within families, particularly the extreme forms of wife beating and child abuse, even by parents. So any form of violence towards any member of the family is in no way condoned in the Baha'i Hmm. That's right. Let me interject the right there, Tahira. Uh, we, yes. we are not necessarily talking about violence here. We're talking about forgiveness. We're trying to understand. We, I, I don't know if there is a faith that would ever encourage violence. I don't want us to be wasting time talking about violence. I want us to talk about forgiveness. When we so employ po- forgiveness, how do yes. we employ forgiveness in the context of violence? Forgiveness being the focus. So my understanding from these texts is that there will be a consultation and that forgiveness will be the feeling and the, the decision that is expressed in that consultation between the two parties because he is a victim and he is a perpetrator. Or you are victims and perpetrators. And so one would be expressing this remorse to the ones that have been harmed with the explicit understanding that that form of behavior is going to stop. We cannot, we can't have a situation where forgiveness is used as the mechanism to perpetrate continuous violations towards any person in society, be that your, your intimate partner, someone at work, anyone. 
it, forgiveness is not to be used in that fashion. It's not. It's not a tool for that. It's not a spiritual tool for that. I'm observing that you're not. That you're not reading from the Kitabi Akdas. I'm not quite sure why. Can you explain why you're not using the Kitabi Akdas? Because in the Kitabi Akdas, it expresses to us how uh, the the Lord expresses to us how we lead a righteous life. And you're not quoting from it. Why? I'm not. I'm not quoting from the Kitabi Akdas um, um, because the praise has been revealed for us to seek uh, forgiveness. And the pattern by which we live our lives has also been given to us. So when you step away from that pattern of living your life, you have erred as an individual and you have to correct your actions. So is it to say that the Kitabi does not give any guidance on forgiveness? Which is, by the way, your central book, your central document it, it is, written it, by it, Allah. Yeah, it is the book of laws which expresses to us how we conduct our lives in terms of the laws. So you have the law of you marry one wife, you have one partner, and then there's a chapter on how you have to treat that person in your life. All right. All and right. when you when you um, when you have trouble in your family life, you have the wonderful gift the most precious gift of taking that to the spiritual assembly and to seek guidance so that whatever is going wrong in your in your in your uh, family life can be remedied so we don't have but, in from the bahai faith any text that guides on the implementation and the practice of forgiveness you rely on I, extra textual uh, uh, references to guide you as far as that is concerned well, Baha'u'llah revealed a hundred vo- uh, volumes of, of scripture which, in which he then, in those scriptures, writes about forgiveness. And, and, and re- read to us a text somewhere written by Baha'u'llah, as you want, uh, that teaches us about forgiveness. Well, in the prayers, for example, to the person who has, who has um, executed any, any wrongdoing, um, the prayer, for example, that I can read to you here says, Thou seest me, O my Lord, with my face turned towards the heaven of thy bounty and the ocean of thy favor, withdrawn from all else beside thee. I ask of thee by the splendors of the sun of thy revelation and the effulgences of the orb of thy grace, which shineth from the horizon of thy name, the ever forgiving, to grant me pardon and to have mercy upon me. Write down for me with thy pen of glory that which will exalt me through thy name in the world of creation. Aid me, O my Lord, to set myself towards thee and to hearken unto the voice of thy loved ones. So that would be, for example, an extract of a much longer prayer in which the perpetrator is spiritually aligning himself or herself All right. through that process of forgiveness Allow me to, to move change on there, their ways. Uh, Tahira, because uh, what I was asking about and which you have afforded us is what we should do. The forgiver, the one who forgives, 
what should they do when there is a repeat offence by this person? And apparently we don't have such guidance from the Baha'i faith. Let's go to the Christian family. Uh, we do have Apostle Julius Molloy from the Christian family, Apostle. What does Christianity teach as far as this is concerned? Forgiveness. Yeah, I think uh, the most famous one, uh, it's, it's found in Matthew 6, especially when they said to Jesus Christ, please teach us how to pray. And in one sentence there, he says, you know, lead us not into temptation, uh, or, by, or, by, or where it says, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive them who trespass against us. And I think that is one of the most famous scriptures uh, that speaks directly to the concept of forgiveness. No, actually, the one I was hoping that you would explain, because that one doesn't even speak to what we're talking about. Um, the, the scripture that says, how many times should I forgive the one who offends me? And I'm going to put it in the context of our conversation. How many times do I forgive a woman or man that consistently and repeatedly offends? And your Christ says, 70 times 7. Yes. That's what I'm trying to understand. What is the implementation of that? How do we implement that in the context of a wife who is constantly beaten by the husband or a husband constantly beaten by the wife? Does it mean I must be beaten 70 times 7? I must forgive, therefore, 70 times 7, and then I am freed from forgiving this particular sin. Is that the, the, the practical application of your text there, Apostle? Remember the the the... The stance of, of the Christian faith and, and the Bible on its own, in, in its entirety, there's not even one reference to uh, uh, women or men abuse, especially within the family context. You know, we, we, we don't believe in that kind of a, a situation or in that kind of a, of a family setup. No, no faith believes in that, question, Apostle. Hold on, Apostle. Uh, no faith believes in abuse. I don't think we have a faith in the, in the panel that believes in abuse. I want us to talk about forgiveness. We all believe in forgiveness, and I'd like us to be taught by yourselves how these faiths expect us to employ our faith in the situation where the wife or the husband is consistently beaten. What is the guidance of Christianity here? Because the text that we have seen from your scriptures as the Bible is that we should forgive 70 times 7. Yes, that, that's what it says. Then the and implementation I, of that. Tell me what, the, the, how we should apply that in our daily lives. Does it mean that women must be beaten by their husbands 70 times 7 and must be forgiven? The husbands must be forgiven 70 times 7, for example. Is that the implementation you, of the text? If you are going to um, remove the entire picture of the Bible itself, it's disposition on issues of gender. And then you zoom into one specific concept of because remember when you, when you when you read First Peter three it says husbands love your wives yes. that is that is the rule so the the space of abuse is not allowed in the first place so husbands for example in the Bible should not be in that space where they have to beat their wives in the first place correct yes so it cannot be that uh, meaning that within the Christian faith we we don't see uh, we don't provide a space whereby a person will have to beat the wives consistently or 77 times because the instruction is that make sure that you love your wives because the Bible says, as specifically, it says, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So it means that 
God's position is that the minute you touch your wife, you will, your prayers will not be answered. All right, 0891 I'd like to hear from you, South Africa. You're here staying at home at the hospital, wherever you are. I'd love to hear what your take is on this matter. Uh, should we really forgive? Does Scripture envisage a situation where members of the faith will ignore the teachings of propriety towards one another and violate it by beating their spouses? Does faith and to anticipate a situation where its own adherence will ignore what is right and do what is wrong. And when that is done, when the wrong is done, is there a teaching about forgiveness when there is a repeated offense in the in the family? 891 the text message is... Rather, the text message line is 4938. 40938, rather. 40938. I want to read some text messages. Prophet Muhammad. Peace be upon him. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Okay. I can see. That's S A W. Yes. Ah, okay. Thank you. The Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said Charity does not decrease wealth. No one forgives except that Allah increases his honor and rise. His status, Abu Bakr Zambini London. Not quite sure what you mean by that, Abu Bakr. Please clarify. Another one says, uh, rectifying the act of abuse does not stop at forgiving the perpetrator. Further intervention to stop continuous mm. abuse should carry out Apostle P. Got it, Apostle P. And that is what I'm trying to get at here. What do we do? What do your scriptures say should be done? I understand the sentiments, the politically correct sentiment of shying away from anything that will encourage or condone gender-based violence. But as communities of faith, we have chosen to have scriptures guide us. And hence, I'm asking you, what do your scriptures teach you to do in the event that there is somebody a member of your faith, your husband, your wife, who offends and violates your scriptures. Do your scriptures teach you what you should do in the context of forgiveness? Should we forgive a repeat offender? Because it seems as though all these scriptures are silent as far as that is concerned, leading people to resort to extra-textual sources, leading people to resort to culture and the law and not from scripture. Hence, we started by saying, is it possible that faith is doing more harm than good in the fight against gender-based violence? Is it possible by teaching forgiveness, we are doing more harm than good in the context of gender-based violence? What role then, therefore, should be played in, by, by faith in ending gender-based violence? Let's go to Balito. Simone, get more. Hi there, and to your guests. Yes. Um, Hi. I think, to me, you know, there isn't there isn't a fundamental kind of like tension between um, going from forgiveness and 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 kind of condoning things. To me, forgiveness isn't about condoning a bad act. It's about understanding that people are flawed, that they need to grow as people. And when you forgive somebody, it's saying, okay, I'm not going to punish you. I'm not going to take revenge on you. But you've clearly made a mistake here, and this is how we can go about fixing it. And so repeatedly forgiving somebody isn't about condoning their act. It's about coming from that place of understanding from where they are coming from. Fair point, Simone. Thank and you. And, and when, when, we, when we say, I will not take revenge, 
are we therefore saying that I will stay in this environment which I now know is no, not I, about I, I mean, you know, if if I were in an abusive relationship, yes, I would, you know, and, and I I say to my partner, look, this is the situation, you know, you are you are hurting me, you are doing bad things here. I am not going to take revenge on you. I'm not going to like start hitting you back. I'm not going to kind of, you know, get you fired or whatever. But this can't continue. So. You, you know, this is bad for you as much as it for me. Here's which which faith are you coming from, Simone? If I'm a, which faith do you do? You, do you? Um, I'm, I'm kind of more from a humanist point of view. I've, <sighs> I've kind of like, I've read most of the religious texts out there. You know, I've read the Quran, I've read the Bible, you know, okay. I've read some of the Bhagavad Gita. I, I've, I'm very interested in, in, in religion as a, as a source of, of good. But I, 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 I come from the point of view that everybody has their own kind of conduit to the same underlying truth. All right. So, so, um, yeah. so, so f- w- when we say we forgive, uh, does it mean I can forgive and then leave you? Yes, because, okay. you know, removing yourself from a bad situation is not punishing the other person. It's okay. saying, look, you know, as much as I care for you and as much as I'm forgiving you, okay. I'm not going to condone what you're doing. Got it. Thank you very much, Thank Simone. You. Appreciate your call. Let's go to Tabazimbi. Karabo, good morning. Karabo? Can you hear? Yes, go ahead. Yeah, what I'm saying is that uh, the Christian faith, uh, Jesus Christ says, forgive 70 times. And the context is juxtaposing that against what was said in Genesis. In Genesis, Cain killed Abel, and God said he will avenge seven times. And Lamech killed a young man, and he said, if Cain is going to be uh, uh, avenged seven times, vengeance is going to come seven times. With Lamech, it will be 70 times seven. And what Jesus Christ said then in the new covenant is, you forgive 70 times 7 in one day. The reality is vengeance lies with God. It does not lie with the adherent. The adherent should comply. If you are not a Christian, it won't apply to you. You can't. It's impossible to actually uh, uh, forgive 70 times 7. But if you are a child of God, if you are through Jesus Christ, all right, Karabo, uh, um, just hold the you thought. You are expected. Karabo, I need you to hold the thought. We're starting to hear you because there's a lot of wind there. We're gonna take a break and come back and and take more of your calls at 0891-104-207. Naye Lupondwana on facts of faith. All right, Karabo, um, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you? Yes, it's it's a slightly better. Go ahead, please make your point briefly, Karabo. Yeah, briefly. 70 times 7, a Christian should forgive. It does not matter what is that is happening to them. They don't do it through their power. They do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Including abuse you are there, Karabo? Are, okay. are you saying including abuse? If a wife or a including, husband is being abused at home, they must forgive this repeated abuse 70 times 7. Is that what you're saying? Indeed. Okay. Got it. Thank you, you don't do it through your power. Yeah. You do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
if you are a child of God. Is, is it possible that per, then, then uh, Garabo, that it's possible that the, the, the Christian faith, as you're giving the example there, is doing more harm than good in fighting gender-based violence? Because if you're going to continue to do that which you know you're not supposed to be doing, uh, because you know they're supposed to forgive not, me seven not times at seven. All. Not at all. Because Jesus Christ himself was uh, 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 beaten, suffered, but you see that he gave himself over to the one who was able to save him. When you do that, when you obey, you are actually allowing God to be the one who deals with that situation righteously. Okay, got it. Got it. Thank you very much, God. I appreciate your call. Let's go to uh, Mulana Ibrahim Bomb. Good morning to you, Mulana. Uh, morning, uh, who, who am I speaking to? You're speaking to Naye, Mulana. Okay, thank you so much. Uh, we, I have been on the show uh, several times before, but uh, I could not make it this time because I'm traveling somewhere. That's all right. Go, go ahead, Mulana. Did you hear our question? Well, uh, I, 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 I think I know the question, but maybe if we could just rephrase it again one more time for my records. What we need to understand is, the question we're asking is, is it possible that uh, communities of faith, when they encourage people to forgive they are effectively encouraging the offenders to do whatever they should choose because they are going to be forgiven our faith therefore says you must forgive and you must forgive me even if i do this repeatedly is it possible that faith therefore is is con- committing more harm than good when it teaches about forgiveness i i, I understand your question is a very relevant question the point is i, I as a, i'm a secretary of the council of muslim theologians the jamiatul ulama Whenever there is a case with regard to abuse, right, whether it be child abuse, woman abuse, whatever it is, our first instructions to people who come to us is, go and take it to the law. Let the law run its course. And that is our first instructions, which is basically every time, and I, you can understand from our perspective that while we can, we can show our repugnance with regard to domestic violence, and we have done so in various posters and various talks that we have made that the theme. The reality is we can't take any action against the offender. It is only those who have the authority of the law that can take action. If someone goes and hits someone in a domestic case, we can't go and hit that person. Or we can't go and take any action. Obviously, the law must take its course. So my, my answer to that is, the aspect of forgiveness is a spiritual aspect that does not impact upon the law taking its course. Whether someone wants to forgive or not, that is between him and the Almighty and between him and the off- offender. But it, it should not in any way impact upon the law taking its course. And our situation is very clear. The moment there is any sign of abuse, we are obliged by law of the country and I think also as our principle, which we have done, is go to the law, let the law take its course. The aspect of forgiveness is another aspect, which is a spiritual aspect, which does not take into account the law of the land. Now, understanding, and we are all in agreement, that the law of the land must be obeyed and submitted to. We're more curious to hear what your faith teaches on this matter. What does faith say when your uh, member uh, is abusive towards another Repeatedly so. Does your faith in the, in the Quran teach that we must forgive this repeat offense? 
you see, in our faith, we are not obliged to forgive. So the offender is not obliged. The, the Quran says, the legal recompense of an evil done to you is to take an evil likewise. Right? But if you forgive, it's between you and the Almighty. Your reward will be with the Almighty, but you are not obliged to forgive. So there is no you teaching to forgive? You can demand retribution from the person who has done you wrong. Yeah. So as far as the Quran is concerned, it's an eye for an eye. You do this to me, I have the right to do it to you. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I, you've got the right. If you, do, if you want to forego that right, it's your prerogative, not the prerogative of anyone. No one can force you to demand retribution or no one can force you to forgive. Let, let's, let's, At the end of the day, we must keep in mind, the, offer, the one who has been offended, the victim is the one who has been, the one who loses most in that particular in Islam, that right has been given to the one who is a victim. Do you have a surah and verse that teaches that for us, uh, yes, Mulana? Yes, I, I don't have the exact surah. I can read it out for you. Okay. The legal repentance of a wrong that is done to you is to, to do likewise to the person who is an offender. But if you forgive... And if you reconcile, your reward is with Almighty Allah. Your reward is with the Almighty. So legally, you have the right. But if you want to forgive, that's your prerogative. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Mm. So forgiveness out of the window as far as the Quran is concerned. No, no. no. The, the thing is not it's out of the window. It is a prerogative that you choose to forgive. It does say that forgiveness is a good thing, you will be rewarded, but you are not obliged to do so. Let, let, let's, let's employ that, 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 that into, let's apply it rather, on, on the family environment. So, if my wife continues to beat me, you suggested that I have the right to beat her back. That's what the Quran is teaching? If a wife no, no, is no, beaten no. by the husband, no, she no, has no, the no, right no, no, no. to... You see, let me explain to you, that, no, no, you, you're taking it wrong. Okay. The point is this. It's not, you know, even if, for example, there is, there is the law of capital punishment in Islam, it cannot be given by an individual. It has to be given by the state, not by any individual. Okay. So the individual cannot take the law in his hand and say that the Quran says I can do it, therefore I'm going to do it. No, no ways. Okay. All right. All right, we're going to take a break and come back and uh, we'll give our guests in the studio an opportunity to, to breathe on this matter and read some text messages. Stand by. Naye Lupondwana on Facts of Faith. All right, uh, Najma, I'm going to begin with you. You heard what the Mulana is saying. He seems to be taking a slightly harder line than you. Well, I can say that, um, you know, there's a lot to be said in terms of understanding what Mulana was uh, explaining. So if you home it in on just what you are emphasizing on today, then I can say to you that um, it depends on the sincerity of the person asking the forgiveness, because that is also a spiritual, uh, uh, you know, uh, spiritual experience, shall I say. That's between you and God, right? So sincerity protects a person from from repeating the offense. So what I would say is that forgiveness means not repeating the offense. Okay. So um, that in fact applies to when you ask God for forgiveness to start off with. Okay. And God himself then says to us that 
provided you do not repeat the offense because he is most forgiving, yes. most merciful. Yes. Right? So then it it depends on the sincerity, on the level of sincerity. Because if you really feel that you are, uh, uh, you know, you, you really feel bad that you've done this, then the guilt overrides you and there's a, a reason to want to redeem oneself. And that is where we would measure the level of sincerity. Because um, the Quran also says, never will I suffer to be lost the work of any of you, be it male or female. Yeah. You are members of one another. Quran chapter 3, uh, verse 195. And in the Quran also, God declares, in God's eyes, the most honored of you are the ones most mindful of him. So if we now equating this to a spiritual experience yeah. and um, uh, and how one connects to that, yes. then, you know, I, I don't know if any of us can be the judge of how what the per perpetrator's connection is with God, right? Because we can't judge him on that basis. Yes. But if we're saying that there is a level of guilt, uh, and if the victim is then we get also that connected, part. yes, we get that part. Uh, yes, Nadja, what we, do, we need to understand is: uh, do, do we do we realize that? In the eyes of many out there, it seems as though our faiths are encouraging when they say we must forgive this person. They're encouraging. Uh, 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 inadvertently uh, wrongdoing because Absolutely a not. person is going to do this mm -hmm. knowing very well that they'll be forgiven. It's, it's this forgiveness issue that seems to be suggesting that gender-based violence must be forgiven also. Right. Well, you see, it's again coming back to what I said earlier in terms of just blaming it on the person, him or herself, and not equating it to how I would use it in my uh, in my faith to decide whether or not I should forgive because okay. that becomes an individual choice. Okay. And that, again, goes back to what uh, God Almighty wants for us in terms of personal well-being. Okay, I want to so bring in forgiveness, Tahira. Sorry, one moment. I just want to finish the point. So I, I, I'll give you an opportunity because okay. we need to bring in Tahira also and the Apostle. Uh, Tahira, you've heard the, the, the calls and the text messages. Would you like to respond? Yes, so I have found the synopsis and certification of the Kitabi Adas. Yes. And in note 41, there is a section on on forgiveness. And I just want to maybe share it. Yes. In it, it says that when alone, repent before God, for it is He who forgives. And then in um, further um, in that segment, it also says that if we desire to acknowledge we have been wrong in something, or that we have some fault of character, and ask another's forgiveness to pardon, we are quite free to do so. But the point of this verse is to say that it is God who forgives. Ah. So it is God that forgives us. And, and what do we, we do? Need to, and we truly need to repent. And then within the Baha'i, community within the Baha'i institutions, um, in the case of a couple, if yes. the, the wrongdoer continues, then that lady, if she's the person who's being abused or wrongfully uh, uh, treated, yes. uh, there is a year of patience for which that's the period in which the person has to change their ways to bring about... So that uh, year she leaves uh, the husband and she stays alone while he's correcting himself, is that it? Yes, yes. Okay. She's removed, she's removed from an abusive situation and lovingly people um, work with a partner okay. uh, to change his ways so that we can 
uh, rehabilitate that family to become a healthy family, starting with the relationship between the couples, okay. so that we break a cycle of, of violence, but we don't lock a person into a, a, an abusive um relationship. Apostle? But it's ultimately it's God who forgives. Got it, got it. Apostle, you've been listening. Your take. Um, I think that uh, forgiveness is, is a situation of the heart. You know, that's what we are teaching to say. Forgiveness is about the heart. But whether you stay in that relationship that is abusive, okay. then that is going to require you know, some degree of wisdom with that person. Now, because the Bible, as much as it teaches about forgiveness, it also teaches that when your brother sins against you, you must go and, you know, talk to him. If yes. he doesn't listen, you must bring someone else. Yes. If he doesn't listen, Matthew you bring the 18. order of the church. Yes. If he still does not listen, then you must chuck him out of the assembly, you know, treat him like a pagan in the church. Whoa, 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 whoa. doesn't say chuck him out of the assembly. It says treat him yes, like an unbeliever, says, not chuck him out of the assembly, apostle. Okay, thanks for correcting me, but... That's what I'm saying. It's, it, it, it addresses the issue of a person who is a repeat offender and who, who does not show, who does not want to show any form of repentance. Because remember, as much as a person has to be forgiven, they must also commit to some form of repentance. Did your Christ disassociate with non-believers, with uh, unbelievers? No, he, he didn't. Yes. And then how, how do you arrive at the conclusion that you're supposed to be disassociating with people who have uh, offended? Unfortunately, that's what the Bible instructs. Remember, where where does it instruct that apostle? Um, let me give you that. Um, All right, we're really running out of time. Najma, you got thirty seconds. Your closing remarks. Well, I just want to say that um, Islamically, the act is condemned completely, and it is therefore up to the victim then whether or not they will exercise their right to put a stop to it, and then start the healing process by forgiving. Okay, do I understand you well when you're saying Islamic? You're not necessarily saying Quranic. It's Islamic. It's the practice of Islam. Okay. Uh, uh, Tahira? It's Quranic, actually. <laughs> Tahira? Yes? Yes. 30 seconds. Your closing remarks. My closing remark is that um, we all sin. And so um, as people growing close to God, we, we always seek forgiveness. And in seeking forgiveness, the intention should be to always become a better person and okay. correct our wrongs. All right. Apostle, you have the final shot. Go. Yes. yes. The one you asked me is Matthew 18.18. Yes. Uh, but I'm saying to, to as, as far as the Christian faith is concerned, abuse should not be happening in the first place. Forgiveness is a matter of the heart. It is an, it's a condition of your heart. And then staying in an abusive situation. You have to apply your own wisdom, and if you if you see that uh, it, it is not going to work for you, then get out of that kind of situation. Okay. Uh, again, you, you, I was looking for the text that says you must disassociate. The text that you're referring to doesn't speak about us disassociating. Read it, please. Very little I say unto you, um, Matthew Matthew eighteen seventeen, and if you shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if you neglect to hear the church. Let him be unto thee as a hidden man and a, a publican. publican. Yes. yes. How so did Christ teach? How, how did Christ relate with uh, publicans and heathens? Did he disassociate or did he associate himself with them? 
Well, well, unfortunately, this is the actual words of Jesus Christ. I'm asking what he did. What does he mean by that? He says we must disassociate with a person. Where? Where does it say that? It says treat them like a publican. Not disassociate. Treating He treated publicans as friends and loved ones. My time is up, Apostle. All right. Uh, and that's how we conclude our conversation. To all our guests, Tahira Mathi, Najma Kota, and Julius Maloy, thank you very much to all of you for agreeing to talk to us. We appreciate your time. And for us to go to the news, from me and I, Have a wonderful day, and Godspeed.